I invite you to turn this morning to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, we continue our study in Hebrews chapter 11. I ask for your patience. I woke up this morning and I sneezed 20 times in a row. I've never had that happen. And I'm afraid that that's going to happen in the middle of the sermon. And it's going to be an awful experience for me and for you. So I ask for your patience. My poor wife. My poor wife. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 And we're going to um, pick up at verse 8 this morning. And um, um, last time we looked at this faith that Abraham had in the city that's coming. It's an interesting structure here. I'm going to come back to that next time as he fills this in. He introduced us to that in verse 10. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And then in verses 11 and 12, he breaks into... Um, Abraham's faith in the promise of the Son. And I don't want to pass over this too quickly, so um, we're going to work on verses 11 and 12 today. I'll read through verses 8 through 16, and then um, next time we'll come back and look at verses 13 through 16. This is the word of the Lord. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, (coughs) living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And now our text, the two verses. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him, as good as dead, were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been seeking If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he's prepared for them a city. And there will end the reading of God's word. So when I first got here years ago, that was about a year into the call, I went through the book of Genesis and uh, ever since then, I've had many of you come up to me and say, oh, we really would like you to, to, to preach again on, on Genesis. And I thought to myself, Hebrews gives me an opportunity to do some of that. Hebrews gives me an opportunity to slow down a little bit because it is really remarkable in this particular section of faith, what we call the hall of faith, that so much attention is given to Father Abraham, isn't, isn't it? He really wants us to think about the faith of Abraham. He really wants us to understand and appreciate. And I think what I've been really been remarkably touched by in this, this passage of Hebrews 11 is just how careful the author is to show us and teach us what faith looks like in all of the difficulties of life, and all the trials and all the tests of life. 
But I walked away last time. This is one of the challenges of preaching. You say one thing and then you think, well, I probably maybe overemphasized that too much and missed this aspect of things. That's the challenge of preaching. And I don't want to leave us thinking that this life is just meant to be burdensome. I, I want you all to hear me correctly. It's the most exhilarating blessing to walk by faith. To walk by faith in God and his calling for us, as we looked at last time. Remember the call upon Abraham's life. And, and to think about where that calling takes you. What an exciting, and I know the word is overused, but what an exciting word, um, journey that the Lord brings us on in this life. To fulfill his purposes. Where he takes us and what he accomplishes. I mean, look where you've been already in life, many of you. Look, I was just talking with Anna Vanderwell the other day. And she was telling me she was up in, in Oakhurst. And I knew the pastor at that time, at, at, um, her old pastor. It, it's amazing to see where the Lord brings us in life. Where you end up, where you die, where you're going. God in his providence and in his sovereignty has mapped it out for us. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason in Acts 17 he said, the times and the boundaries of your dwelling are appointed by God. Uh, no, but I'm a free lancer to do what I want, right? God is really in control of that. A man plots his way, but the Lord directs his steps. There's nothing happening to you by chance. I mean, that's, that's one of the great themes of Hebrews that is helping. There's nothing happening. Everyone here is going to have their own course in life planned out by God. And that course will take you in different directions. And that, that, that will come with different challenges and different scenarios. And that you will have to face in God's providence. His sovereign directing of your life. It's really remarkable to think that God does engage this personally with the lives of his children. God has a calling upon each one of you. And it's important. And I don't want to miss what the author's saying to us, that even though it's faith in the hardships of life, he doesn't want us to miss what faith accomplishes in this life. I mean, he's, got, he's about ready to break it open, if you will. But through faith, some conquered kingdoms. Through faith, some enforce justice in this life, which is a remarkable thing because we don't often see a lot of justice. Through faith, some obtain the promises. They, I mean, through faith, they obtain the promises. Some stop the mouth of lions. We know who that was, boys and girls. Some quench the power of fire. Some escape the edge of the sword. Some were um, made strong out of weakness. Some became mighty in war. Some put foreign armies to flight. Women receive back their dead by, their, by resurrection. We're going to look at this. But do you see what he's doing here? See, you can say faith in all the difficulties of life, but miss that there is real power given to us by faith. Yeah, life's hard. But what a blessing to live by faith. You see, that's the tension here that we, don't, we want to strike. Life is hard. Life is full of difficulty. We're not health and wealth people. But what a blessing it is to live by faith. 
Because God's directing our lives. And great power is given to us to live by faith. That's what's being shown to us. And that is most needful for us. It's showing us what perseverance and endurance looks like when we find ourselves in the deep discouragements of these things, in the deep discouragements of the moments when we haven't reached the end yet, when we can't see, as he's been saying, the outcome or faith by faith. Remember what he said. Faith is the reality, the substance of what we're hoping for, and it is a strong conviction in what is yet not seen. It's that in that period of what is not yet seen that's the most difficult. When the circumstances are, and they always have been, by the way, entirely outside of your control. He wants you to say, whatever he has appointed for you, the way forward through it all is faith. The way forward through it all is faith. And he's been explaining that to us. Now, that's why Abraham is so important. That's why Abraham becomes the great study here in Hebrews chapter 11, the, 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 the person that he slows down on and he really puts the microscope Abraham under the microscope to think about his life for a minute and the particular challenge that we've come to today that he wants us to think through is the life of Abraham in his wait for the promised son so he's grabbing particular aspects of Abraham's life to help us and notice he's going to spend the most time here. We're considering the promise today then. This is the section of promise. This is the section where he wants us to grapple with God's promises to us. So we're looking then at that promise and then the problem that Abraham faced and the power that he received. So there's your outline for today. The the, pro, uh, the promise, the power, uh, the problem, and the... Let me start over. The promise, the problem, and the power. That should be simple for you. Hebrews 11.1 1 is saying to us something very important that we've been looking at uh, of faith, that it gives us what it gives to us as we wait in hope. Faith is... Something God is doing and giving us the gift of faith as we wait in hope. And last time we looked at, at how Abraham was called, the calling that he received. And you remember the struggle of that. He gets to the promised land and he didn't even receive it. <laughs> he dwelled in tents. He was a stranger there with nothing but conflict. But what the author celebrates is that by faith... He looked for the better city, the city whose builder and designer is God himself. So God has built you a city, you know, and that's, that's why the whole Christian life is forward moving. It's looking forward to that promise. It's looking to the realization of it. It's looking forward to the heavenly city. It's hard for us to live that way. So we, we studied that and we looked at that. And so then he goes on. Now in verse 11... And this is where we move to how, with the question of how did Abraham go forward when everything that was promised seemed to say and have a stamp on it of impossible? Or was the exact opposite of what he was facing? And that's verse 11 today that we come to. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, 
was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. That is such an important verse. Um, There's some question here uh, as to who is the subject here. Is it Abraham or Sarah? And the whole thing is flowing and showing us the faith of Abraham. But he wants to bring Sarah into the story uh, to help us see that it was was as a, a couple. It was their faith that celebrated the promise of the son. And this, was a, uh, this is the big promise that's emphasized here. The key to this that you can't miss in verse 11 is they both, notice this, they considered him faithful who made the promise. Does God lie? He's already said in Hebrews that by two immutable things, which he cannot lie, promise and oath, he gave this to us. Does God lie? He made a promise. And the author wants us to stop, and I want you to really think about this for a minute. I want you to to meditate on this and and wrestle with this a little bit. Do you consider him in your lives faithful who promised? So you can read by these verses and not really take them in. Do you consider him faithful who promised? What would that look like? What does that not look like? question is, where was the promise made? When you survey the Old Testament material, and you go back to the book of Genesis, the heart of this is that great pinnacle of a chapter, chapter 15. You remember in chapter 15, one of the most important chapters in all of the Bible, God had come to Abraham after the great battle of the kings, when Abraham was worn out and discouraged, and he made a glorious promise. He started speaking to him in terms of promise. Now, he had in chapter 12 made seven promises. We looked at last time. And that shows something about the character of God. He's constantly pushing you with promise. He's constantly giving promise. He's restating promise. He's giving more promise. This is what he does to you, to encourage you. It's always promise and promise and promise that he comes back to encourage you with more promise. Fear not, Abraham, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. What? Don't fear, Abraham. Don't fear, Christian. I know you by name. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. I am your reward. I'm giving me to you, Abram. I am a shield to you against your greatest fears in life. What are they? I am your refuge and your strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. What are you fearing? Promise. If you think you've lost something in following me, and you think you've given up something, You think you've lost? Let me tell you what you've gained. Me. The God of heaven and earth. I am your reward. I am yours. I am committed to love you and to shield you and to provide for you and to protect you. The author of Hebrews is looking right here. Abraham said, 
Oh, Lord God. It's, it's, it's always a puzzling sort of question after the Lord said this. But what will you give me? <laughs> right after the Lord said, I'm giving you me, right? But this is us. What will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliza of Damascus. Abraham said, Abram said, Behold, you've given me no offspring. Now this is a genuine wrestling. And a member of my household will be my heir. You've said this. He's really wrestling with God's promises. My inheritance is going to go to this servant because you've not given me offspring. Where's the offspring, Lord? How can, how can any of this promise make any sense without a son? And behold, verse 4, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Here it is. This is Hebrews eleven eleven, right here. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. There's the promise. The Hebrews 11, the author's thinking about. And he brought him outside. And he said, I want you to look up toward the heaven. Go ahead and start numbering the stars if you can. So shall your offspring be. This is quite a promise. So shall your offspring be. God assured him that a son would come from his body, from a man 100 years old to his wife, through his wife's body, 90 years old. And a promise is made that, humanly speaking, listen to me, is absolutely impossible. God does something to help Abram. He says, I want you to go outside. And I think you can do this anytime. And I want you to, um, on the Palestinian night, I want you to look up and I want you to count. Next time you go up there to Palomar, you look up. You know, there's 10,000 points of light. Go ahead, boys and girls, and pick up some sand on the seashore and begin to count it. Abram, that's what I'm promising you. Do you know the whole of your life is directed by God's promise? Why is Abraham so important to study? Because he's singling out the father of our faith. And he wants us to think about how the father of our faith lived. And through whom we are blessed. We are the realization of the promise to Abraham. Galatians tells us what he ultimately believed, that the promise of a son, the seed, whom Abraham believed in was the promise of Christ. That seed is Christ. That son is Christ. He was looking to through that line. There is nothing that we will lack. But what did Abraham learn? See, this is, this is where I think Hebrews 11 is so important today. What, what, is, what is wonderful in the studying Abraham, and I think is is particularly important for us, is how hard life was as 
his life was framed around this promise in waiting for it to be realized. And that's the great question and struggle of this that the author wants you to think about. Why did it take so long? Everything about receiving the promise was not easy. He faced hard circumstances. Just the mere fact that, you know, of the many years to fulfill the promise, it's meant to say something to us. That's what the author wants us to think about today. Abraham was 75 when the promise was made. That means that he and Sarah waited 25 years till it got to the point where it was absolutely impossible for it to happen, humanly speaking. That then God acted. And, and way beyond childbearing years. We're moderns. This is all the more important for us. <laughs> um, we don't think God's power can do the impossible in our day. We've been trained to think this way. I remember Dr. Clark, when he was preaching not so long ago, he said something that I just, I, I can't get out of my head still. You know, he said, see, we're so modern that if we see a branch outside, we think there's no way it could be an angel sitting on the branch. But where's the wind? (laughs) Faith receives a promise which, humanly speaking, seems impossible. And I think what makes it all interesting is that God would come along even at one point and change his name to keep pressing him to believe the promise, to, to keep Abram meant, uh, name meant exalted father. And, and, and God changes his name to Abraham means father of nations. <laughs> so, so you are going to be the father of nations. And this presses us as to what life is. Listen, it's a testing ground to mature you, to grow you, that you would learn to live by faith. Barnhouse years ago made a big deal of this in Hebrews 11. Imagine how hard this was in the Orient for Father Abraham, you know. Abram's name meant exalted father. Um, Well, and there's debate about exactly that exalted father, and it would be changed to father of nations. But imagine having this discussion. (laughs) We know your name meaning. Abraham walks up to a guy, and a guy says, how many sons do you have? Well, none. Well, what does your God say, Abram? That my children will be as the sand on the seashore. Well, he's getting a little late. How old's your wife? Well, she's 90. I'm adding on the barn house now stuff. What would you say about such a person? You'd probably walk away and say, that's a little off the rocker. What is not living by faith? Who's off their rocker? You know, David Crosby of um, Crosby, Still, and Nash said this week, he said, I heard, they were talking about heaven. Heaven is a place overrated. It's cloudy. You know what happened to him? He died the next day. He died Thursday. Said it Wednesday. I doubt he's saying that about hell. Living by faith is trusting and having strong conviction in something not yet seen. 
Every one of you in life will be tested this way. God comes to you and says, I promise you, my son, I promise you eternal life. I promise you a city. I promise you the resurrection of the body. I promise you that we're all going to eat and drink anew in the kingdom together. But every day, the hardship seems really slow. It's like the Gordon Lightfoot song about the Fitzgerald. Does anyone know where the love of God goes when the waves turn the minutes to hours? That's how it felt. Slow. And I think you have to raise here that it was not easy for Abraham and Sarah. I think that's really important. They fell apart at times. They really struggled. I mean, Genesis 16 follows 15, where they did not wait, and they were not patient. And they tried with human power to bring this about by going to Hagar and devising this plan. It was so hard to be patient. They even laughed at the promises at one point. Patience in receiving the promise is hard. But it's what we're called to. Listen to me. Everyone throughout history has struggled with the slowness of God's promises. What seems to be. In light of their own hardships and the plights. With the slowness of receiving what God has promised to fulfill. And all of us have our lives planned out by God. And this is where we're we're tested. Right here. Right here. He's appointed for all of us crosses to bear in the journey. (laughs) For a reason bigger than us. Abram, you'll be a blessing to all the nations. He doesn't tell you how long you'll have to bear the cross. I mean, you, you, you can look at a million scenarios today here. Some singles, one pastor said, don't connect with the church because everyone's married. So they stay away. Some can't have children. It's a real struggle for them when they see baptisms. Some have lost a spouse and struggle so much with bitterness, they can't be around people who don't have the same plight. See, everyone has to bear something that's difficult. And we try to help God out on this. We try to take matters into our own hands. We're tired of waiting. Another pastor said, we give in to premarital sex in order to win a man's heart. Tired of the seeming lack of success of the church, I add, we take matters into our own hands to try to manipulate God to make this thing work. Oh, living by faith. (laughs) We talk about it a lot, but it's difficult. But what's celebrated in Hebrews 11? What is celebrated about Abraham and Sarah? Here it is. By faith, Sarah herself also received 
This is just a great verse. Power to conceive the seed. Notice that. And she bore a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who promised. You know, I thought it was interesting. That little word power is a very common word, but the form of it is the same word that is used for here. For this very purpose, Romans 9, I have raised you up that I may show my power in you that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Who was that spoken of? Pharaoh. Now that power could be exercised in judgment. But beloved for you, listen, by faith, it is a power of the blessing of God I was talking about earlier. For this reason, I raised Abraham and Sarah up to show my power that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. How was that received? How was that power received? By faith. And I think what the author is doing here today is meant to greatly encourage you in your walks. By faith in God's promise. That you receive God's power. Faith is not the power. Let's make that clear. It's not even about the the quantity of faith that he's talking about. It's that through the instrument of faith, you receive God's power. It's a surprising power that connects us to the Lord of power. That was given, that power was so powerful that it was able through the medium of faith, through the instrument of faith, to power Abraham and Sarah's bodies that this might happen. (laughs) That's what he's saying to us. Do you believe that? You judge him faithful? Miles Coverdell I was reading the other day on his letters, written in 1564, and he was was discussing all the martyrs of his age, and he remarked, it was just, you know, you'd think, how could we ever go through those things? How could we ever go through what these people went through? And he was remarking how good God was at that time to give them tremendous power to face martyrdom. He says, they went with peace to it. By faith, power was given to them. You see? Power was given. It's not that our faith has any value of itself, but through faith came power as they trusted in the Lord to make in their bodies happen what was impossible. That's what the author's celebrating here. And, and it's meant to bless us. It's meant to encourage us that there's real strength given to us when we embrace the promises. This is illustrated in the life of my father. When he was dying of pancreatic cancer. In all my years, the worst death I've ever seen. I've told you that. From 290 pounds. And he said, I don't think I have enough faith. I've been around this enough to know how the devil attacks with doubt when people are facing these things. We reminded him, Dad, you've always had faith. But I watched as faith is of a mustard seed. I watched as power was given to him. 
He died better than anyone I've ever seen. And he would never have been known as the great man in the church. He trusted. See what the author's doing. He's not even raising the failures and the doubts of Abraham and Sarah, which are all over Genesis. He's celebrating the big story that by this gift God had given them of faith, Abraham and Sarah, through it all, they did not stop believing in the promise. And that was the character of their lives. And all the hardship and all the difficulty in this way, they judged God faithful who would do this. And you see, Abraham when he says they judge faithful and believe this, the author is, is, is thinking of Genesis 15, 6, that Abe, he believed the Lord, and right then and there it was accounted to him for righteousness. It was such a big moment when he believed that promise, that he was justified right then and there, forever. That's the, the verse the New Testament singles out, Genesis 15, 6, to say that was the moment of his righteous standing before God. When he believed the promise. What happened? From one man. What happened? What happened? From one man. As good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky. In the multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. You want to look around and know if that's happened? You're it. You're it. What a ride, this life of faith. Abraham had faith in Christ. And from him, the promise was realized. And the author is saying to you today, join in that. Same faith. We are in the days of like Abraham, are strangers and pilgrims, and we're going to be tested in the hardships and the promises. And those promises are yes and amen to you too. What is the gospel promise, Heidelberg Catechism? The um, forgiveness of your sins and everlasting life. There's two for you to hold on to. Hebrew Christians were giving up. They were apostatizing, turning away from Jesus. Giving up on Christ, the one Abraham looked for. That was who Abraham was looking for. He's saying to them, what are you doing? That was not the way of endurance, but apostasy. And the Lord says today to you, I want to encourage you. I am your shield. I am your reward. And my promise is to you is the same to Abraham. I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He who promised is faithful then be encouraged today. Cheer up. Soon, says the Lord, I am coming to you. And I will give you everything that I promised. Hope in the Lord, you waiting saints, and He will well provide. For mercy and redemption, full and free, with Him abide. From sin and evil, mighty though they seem, His arm almighty will His saints redeem. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for faith, the gift of faith. 
Thank you for upholding us by faith. Confess, O Lord, our sins and our doubts and all the struggles that were illustrated in the life of Abraham. It's remarkable that a love covers a multitude of sins. And you encourage us by faith, worlds are conquered. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, First John, our faith. We are so thankful, Lord, that you encourage us this way. Give us faith to believe all of your promises and trust in Christ. For that work is complete. That work is done. And may we have confidence, Lord, in your steadfast covenant love forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.